We live in Bishop County. No matter what you do, somebody knew you would. People talk in this town. Somebody saw it. Another person talked about it. So either you talk or you're talked about. But they call this town the fishbowl. When you climb to the top, you just slide right back down. He didn't like the way people looked at us. Father said, everything happens for a reason. But I don't think he really believed that. Our father started wrestling with his faith. Your dog enthusiast, Joel Murphy. Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And today I am bringing you uh, my interview with Alexa and Steven Kinegopoulos, uh, who are the co directors of Fishbowl, uh, which is a really cool movie that was sent to me. I got a chance to watch it. Uh, I loved it because I'm a sucker for anything. Uh, set in Maryland and anything that involves people who are involved in The Wire. So uh, George Pelicanos uh, was a producer on this. Delaney Williams uh, is in the cast uh, set in Maryland. All of that was exciting. Uh, always excited to talk to Maryland filmmakers. Uh, so it was really cool to get a chance to talk with them. As you would hear, they are utterly delightful. And so without further ado, here's my interview with Alexa and Steven Kinegopoulos. How are things over there? Uh, you know, about the same as everywhere else, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. Are you get you guys are in Maryland or No. We're in Nashville. Oh, okay. We're from Maryland, so it's close. Yeah, I'm actually from Maryland, too. So uh, I grew up in Southern Maryland, like about 20 minutes from D.C. And then before I moved out here, uh, my wife and I actually lived in Baltimore for a few hey. years before. So, yeah. Where do you live now, Joel? Uh, L.A. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Joel's an L.A. guy. <laughs> Is it warm there today? What's that? Is it warm there today? Oh, it's always warm. It's sunny. It's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, the weather definitely is the best part. Like, I, I do miss, like, the seasons a bit, you know? But, uh, yeah, it's, like, sunny every day in L.A. Like, that is legit. Yeah. You complain. 
they do get you though man like the that's the funny thing with la like coming from the east coast like i do a lot of, like la wears on you you know like just in i eat healthier like i'm you know thinking about electric cars like it's definitely like joel's the prius guy I'm Joel gonna be. I'm telling you, you, ch- you check yeah. in with me in a couple of years, and they'll they'll have gotten me. Like they indoctrinate you. It's all sunny and beautiful out here, and like yeah. just like, what um, if I did care more? And so. now he's and now he's having like kale chips, and he's just <laughs> living his best life. <laughs> I right. love it. Joel, what's up? What is your favorite movie, Joel? Or like yeah, your top five? Joel, huh. we're gonna be interviewing you. Oh, oh, you're flipping the script. <laughs> flipping the script. You know what's funny? I'm actually like, this is so lame, but I have a notebook because I was thinking like a note on my phone because I was thinking about this recently that I get asked that and I can never think of movies when people ask me. <laughs> um, so, but now I can't find the note. So this is awkward. But, yeah, and the pressure's on. You can feel us staring at you through your screen. All right. So we're judging you right now. <laughs> All right. So there's a bunch. I have a. I don't know how many you want, but uh, three. <laughs> you want three? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so specific. Uh, Groundhog Day, definitely. Great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, adaptation. Mm, yeah. That's and a then good one. I'm gonna slip in. Uh, my like hipster, uh, you know, cool pick that like yeah, yeah, yeah. is a movie that I love that I keep trying to tell people about, uh, which is the inevitable defeat of Mister and Pete. I don't know if you guys have seen that one or not. No, but now I have to. It's, it's seriously check it out. And having seen your movie, like I, I feel like you guys would uh would dig it. Like it's uh it's set in New York and it's about like these two kids in New York that basically their moms both get locked up and they're trying to spend the summer not getting picked up by child services, which like, but it's like, it's kind of presented like it's the tone of it's fascinating. Like where it's like, you're kind of rooting for them, but like, you know, it's called the inevitable defeat of Mr. And Pete. Like, you know that you don't want them to make it (laughs) because it's bad, (laughs) but like, I don't know. It's a very fascinating movie and really great, like child performances in it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think like if you have it like that's one that like I it blew me away. I saw a screening of it and I've loved it and then nobody ever talks about it and I can't figure out why because like never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very hipster lovely pick. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um What about you guys? What what are your favorite? Like Steve you me first. Which one? Um, I am. I love the wrestler and oh god, yeah, a lot. Winners blown, blue Valentine. However, I also love my boy Cap Rogers and anything Marvel. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like I will <laughs> come on, come on. Let's put Endgame up there or oh. Infinity War. Yeah, that's me. I feel like you've been listening to my rants where I get angry about uh, the fact that, yeah, we don't talk about Marvel. The fact that Endgame wasn't nominated for anything. Like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, the, we will. Are you n- kidding me, Joel? Yeah. The, that end battle, the amount of work and just technical skill that went into making that final battle to not be recognized. And Robert the- Downey after all that stuff. Like, oh, yeah. On. And then you know what? Cap Rogers, just for saying Avengers Assemble. 
should have oh. won it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I will tell you, I got more emotional watching that movie than a lot of movies like in the yeah. theater. I yeah. mean, how about when he picks up Molnir and you're oh just like, God. what is happening? Oh, my God. My theater <laughs> lost their mind when I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's the best viewing experience ever. Oh, yeah. No, and that's yeah. the stuff like, you know, it, where like just everything is past year. That's what I miss about movie theaters is like that. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you can't replicate that. Like, I, you know, you can get a nice TV or whatever, but you can't replicate the like people losing their mind, you yeah. know, like hearing yeah. the popcorn and the crunching. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'll say my three because they're very not oh. Marvel. Okay. Uh, yes. Blue Velvet. I'm a huge Lynch fan. Paris, Texas. And then probably I'll do two. My serious one would be on the waterfront, and then my half one would be Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh man, that's like a great uh, double feature of you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the weirdest drive in the weirdest movie mood ever. ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. What's up, Joel? All right. So, so you guys, you said you're from uh, Nashville. Did I? Is that we're from Maryland? Oh, live in, live in Nashville, Nashville currently. Okay. So, yeah. So that's what I was curious. Like, so being from Maryland, um, is that where you guys grew up? Is like Bishop Lake County? So like, that's I was trying to figure that out because being from Maryland, I was still like, where is this? And so you guys are no, like, Bishop County is made up for the county that we grew up in, which is it's not house. real. Okay. Yeah. It's not real, yeah. yeah. Uh, but so was that, are you, is that like Eastern shore or like where? No, it's in like more, uh, West. So we grew up in Pikesville. Okay. And then we moved to yeah. Ellicott city, Howard County area. Oh, Howard so. County. Okay. Makes total Howard. sense. All right. Um, we in Howard County and Frederick. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I guess just to start, like, how did this, uh, start to come together? Like where, you know, I know Steven, like you co-wrote it right so like what yeah. uh yeah where where did the seeds of this begin so the seeds of this alex is also yeah i'm biased but also she's like the best photographer so she was shooting a let's say a virgin suicide z kind of themed shoot i tagged along with our cinematographer friend and brought a camera and we we're just like we had nothing better to do so we were like why don't we why don't we just film and see what just happens just like a montage or a vignette. And then on the way home, I was like, well, we got to cut it to something. So why don't we, so on the car ride home, we started writing like some dialogue that she could read to cut to voiceover. And so when we got home and we cut it and it was a minute long and we really were intrigued by it and we liked it. And then that's when we decided to just add 89 more minutes to it using that as the base. So even even the start of the movie is the same words as it was when we were driving home in that car that day just to write something to cut to. Oh, wow. So it based the story off of pretty much that. The interesting thing was at the time, you had just left New Orleans. We used to also live in New Orleans right after film school. We both moved there because our mom worked on Treme. Um, so... I was on set because I used to do art department and I did props for NCIS for about three years and I was on set and Steven called me and said, hey, so I wrote fish. I wrote a movie <laughs> like I just did. I mean, I you said it, but I just didn't think you were serious about it. And he really did like 
write a script and called me and was like, so do you, I'm going to email it to you. I was like, holy, holy cow. And so, like, did it just, was it completely easy? Like, because you said it all came from the beginning and, like, uh, you had the the opening monologue. But, like, what, was it always clear in your head or was it? <laughs> no. Um, no, I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's all film people or maybe it's just men or maybe it's just me, but I'm impatient. <laughs> and when my heart clings to something, it's like it has to be done now. And I have this thing of like, you know, it's always a pipe dream and then to make a movie for a filmmaker. Yeah. And then it's, um, if not now, then when, mm -hmm. you know, if yeah. I don't do it now, I'll never do it. So they're like, um, I wrote the first draft of it. Didn't really know where the story is. It was just more of tones and certain scenes that we'd love. And then we started playing with, you know, some stuff that has happened or not stuff but what thought processes on religion and then piero came in and weeds in and out a story and you know he's an amazing writer he's on the center right now uh with jessica beal and he's doing great so yeah it kind of just stemmed from that it was definitely the biggest learning curve i think i've had more so than even film school uh, i could see that also george pelicanos um our our producer, um, who's really like Steven and my mentor, who just means the world to us and who's a talented novelist and producer, creator, The Wire, I mean, he has so many projects. Um, he really helped during, sorry, That's okay. during the experience. She got out. <laughs> Joel, it's a chihuahua. Oh, Off I, the record, chihuahua. <laughs> I have a pug who's actually being cool, so. Yeah. Um, so sorry, I'll move for in a sec. But anyway, so he really helped during the process. Steve, wouldn't you say we had some challenges during shooting oh, yeah. to change some stuff around? Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Uh, but no, that was actually um, kind of what, when I first got the email about this, that was what interested me because like being uh, from Maryland and obviously like a huge fan of The Wire, uh, when I saw George Pelicano's name, that's when I was kind of like, oh, what is this? <laughs> like That was what first like intrigued me. Yeah about the project yeah so that's awesome like that's yeah I, I imagine that's a super valuable asset yeah because yeah. <laughs> i mean everything he says is just gold yeah i mean you can lean on him for almost anything so it's just really good to have him in your corner kind of like a life mentor any like you said yeah. any he says you know like the dos equis the most interesting <laughs> world I feel like that's kind of he should be it yeah <laughs> i know i don't think he drinks the suckies but no <laughs> uh so all right so you wrote the script like you have this idea um and then what is the approach from there like so how does it come together like how do you guys go like actually get to the point of making a movie um Still Man. don't know. <laughs> um, it it's, just take you got to surround yourself with the best people that could just do their job, and we were fortunate to find solid producers who, who got it, knew that this was going to be, you know, ambitious but doable, and put everyone in the best position to succeed. And uh, we needed people. Uh, 
we needed an empathic crew and people that can wear different hats and actually love what they do. Because this is an indie project. You got to love it because the hours are going to be long. And I think and it was a very family environment on set. And I think that helps with the long days and things of that nature. And everyone has the same goal in mind. So, yeah. What was that? Like, how long was the shoot? I think like 35 days. Yeah. Oh, okay. We yeah. had a break in between. We had, we shot, we had a break, and then we shot again. Kind of, we, we changed some stuff in the script, didn't we, Steve? If I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So the themes, obviously you're dealing with a lot of, uh, there's religious themes, there's like this apocalyptic uh, theme. Like what, what interested you about that? Like why is that uh, the story that you wanted to tell? Um, so Steve and I grew up, our, our parents are two different religions. Um, our mom is Jewish and our dad is Greek Orthodox, which is kind of, you know, it's Christianity, but it's kind of the intensity of Catholicism. So, so growing up was kind of, confusing, I would say, for both of us, religion-wise, and just kind of, you know, trying to understand, like, what your beliefs are, and um, it was always sort of a struggle for us, like, I think more so an internal struggle. I don't think we ever really talked about it that much yeah. growing up, but then we both kind of, like, figured out as we were growing older, whether it be through art or just, like, our relationships with other people, um, kind of how it had affected us. So I think we thought it was important to um, make art about the issues that like we all deal as kids and kind of that parental pressure or no pressure, just the pressure that you put on yourselves. And our parents never pressured us about that. It was more of just like a self put pressure. And then I think especially being a woman growing up, um, you know, it is like a fishbowl and you, you know, especially like back in the, I mean, it's so different now there's like internet and Instagram. God, I cannot imagine being a, fucking teenage girl now gotta <laughs> be hard but we just thought it was really important to share like a female story and a story of a father and just like how these girls relationships and your budding sexuality and how you feel about yourself all that stuff is really important and i think steven and i can both say we were lucky to have parents that really discussed that so we kind of just wanted to have um uh a visual and artistic representation of like really exploring that um because i feel like it's not I mean, it's becoming more talked about, but I think, you know, four years ago, still, you weren't really seeing like stories about, you know, girls and how they're really feeling about themselves and their bodies and everything. So it's kind of how it came on. It's interesting that you say that, though, about like your parents being open to talking about something, because this is very much a story about a father who is not yeah. talking about anything. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Like, uh, but I, I'm kind of curious about that character because to me, like, I don't know, it feels like maybe the most challenging uh, character to really nail because, you know, you don't want to make him a complete villain, but obviously yeah. he is someone who is not doing okay. So I was just kind of curious about the approach uh, for him. Yeah, I think. So. I think it's all about perception with it because in the first scene or his scene, he is returning a dog home. He's obviously deceased. And you're like, Oh, like that's like weird, but like intentions are good. But then ask for money and then you judge him again. Right. But then you see 
that their home is for foreclosure. So it's like there's a reason behind everything. And I think it's just trying to layer those kinds of things where it's like, well, if you're in his position, yeah, you could see, you know what I mean? Because those, it's like a, it's like a Thanos. You see the you see his perspective, whether you agree with it or not. And Just as long as there is like some kind of good human nature within it, I think then you can play off of, you know, which branch you want to go on. If that makes sense. It's not necessarily like an excuse. It's more of like an explanation of um, why someone is going through something. And so we really see that like, you know, people that, um, or what is it? Hurt people hurt people. I mean, that's like very, it's a very common character. We all know someone like that in our lives, not that specific situation, but someone who is struggling and we can have compassion for their struggle, but they're not handling it the right way. So I think it's just a very, he's a very human character. Um, and some, it's interesting, like at the film festivals, it was cool to see like some certain people really liked his character and then some people not so much. So it was interesting to kind of see that. Yeah, I, I feel like I had a like the and it's uh, it is that exact scene, the dog scene, like it was so fascinating to me. Uh, but yeah, no, I had a lot of empathy for him, like watching it uh, while also wanting the girls to get away, <laughs> like simultaneously yeah. feeling very terrible for him. But also like this is a bad situation. <laughs> Both uh, things can be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, the the dog scene, yeah, that that scene is like, and and I didn't want to read a lot about this. Like, I kind of just sat down and watched it. I didn't, I didn't even know like there was like an apocalyptic thing. So at that point, I had no idea where the movie was going, and it was just so that scene in just as a microcosm of yeah, like bringing the dog, uh, yeah, and trying to figure out what he's doing, and then, uh, yeah, when he asks for the money, and you just see the guy's face fall. <laughs> You know, of like, are you serious? Like, no, it's yeah. He's such a good actor too. Uh, so I was just curious the approach to the uh, the younger actors on set, like with shooting an indie film, uh, and you know, like you said, you have a limited time. You're trying to, uh, like, just how do you approach, uh, you know, directing them? So Caroline was 16 at the time, so there were certain hours and everything we had to kind of abide by for her, obviously. But um, the girls came really close. Um, we were saying earlier how we had, you know, this one house to film. They all had their own bed. And they really just, like, instead of going to a trailer, they would, like, take their breaks in there together. And they kind of became, like, these close, like, they they created close sisterly bond. Um, it was really beautiful to watch. So it was kind of easy to, like, get them into that mindset. And then they're different. Their characters are also different. So... Um, really like approaching them like you know Belle it's like you kind of gotta like let her like come to her own thing and like explore something Emily really like like to talk stuff out and like be thorough about her motivation and Caroline you could kind of just watch and she'd be like maybe I'll try it this way so they were all really interesting um, about how they would go um, kind of try new things with their character and Steven's really great about he's more of like the motivation talker. That's the fun thing about having two directors. I'm kind of more of the like watching the lighting, the, you know, our department, the this, the costumes and Steven's like right in there talking about um, kind of the direction of the scene. So I think um, just kind of making sure you're paying enough attention to each one and exploring the scene with them in different ways. Cause they're all different girls and different um, talents. 
I, I thought it was really lovely too. Like it kind of hit me late in the film when they have the scene with their mom of like, I kind of hadn't realized I was like, we haven't really seen them just be happy and get to be kids. Yeah. And like that scene where they're all kind of in bed together and their parents are getting ready to go out to dinner. I was like, like, yeah, it just, it hit me. I was like, we've seen them at the, like the worst point of their life. And this is actually like, you got to see a glimpse of like what they were before mm-hmm. that, uh, which is really lovely. Uh, but you also, you said something too that now I'm curious about, which is, uh, yeah, with both of you directing, like, um, is it like, how did you find that? Like who, who was kind of responsible for which facets of directing or how did you sort of work out how to collaborate? I think, uh, we both know our strong points. Um, not so, and we attack in that manner, knowing what our strong suits are, but also like we still have pretty much the same mentality when it comes to choices. Um, and we trust each other, which is huge. But there are some times, and people have said on set, where they saw us give a look to each other. We don't even have to talk, and we make the change that's needed. Oh, wow. Um, it's very, uh, we're very in sync with one another. It sounds very Coen Brothers. It's kind of what I've heard about the Coen Brothers, like when you read about them. Of the Coen yeah. Um, oh, oh, sorry, Steve. No, and we're, you know, she's my best friend, and it's just, you know. Same here. It's but also, great. I think it comes from also a photographer. So, like, what I do for a living, beside, you know, besides this, is um, I'm so used to, like, being behind a camera. So, I think for me, I like to watch and then kind of, like, hey, Steve, blah, 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 like, maybe this. And Stephen is like, Seeing the vision, he's the writer, the editor, want to talk about motivation. And then maybe I'm like, why don't we try this way? So we think very differently. Like he went to, we both went to film school, but he like went with the motivation to be a director and I'm, you know, a photographer. So I think the combination helps us like maybe this day, like I usually pick out every outfit for every scene and like getting Steven's input and then Steven's like going talk about the motivation and like the composition of the shot so it's really nice because we do know our strengths and they're kind of different but we also like similar stuff so it works out really well for us so where where are you at now with it so obviously this is like um it's being released into the world like how is that going for you guys obviously it's a very bizarre time to be releasing a movie yeah um you know, it is, if any time to release a movie, yeah, the market is is becoming saturated because a lot of people are streaming things, but I think it goes well for us because there is enough to eat for everybody. I also think, um, you know, just to get to this point where we didn't just make a movie and it's not just sitting on a shelf, and if during these times, even though I feel like this movie may be on the heavier side of things, if it helps somebody escape for an hour and a half during this COVID health thing going on, then I'm, I'm for it. But I think I think just having it out there uh, is pretty special for us because it's been a long time coming. Uh, is there anything else I didn't ask about that you guys want to make sure to mention? Or? Um, Comes out there twenty-seven. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the cool thing is the pot. Well, we talked about the apocalypse and COVID. Like, it's really interesting how it's like almost Halloween. <laughs> I don't know. It's 
kind of the very time it first come out. Yeah, you're getting it in just before the actual apocalypse that we're all heading towards. So <laughs> it turns out the dad was right. Like that's what we didn't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there um, anywhere else to like follow you guys or any like social media or anything that you want me to link to? Or yeah, um, we have an official movie. Um, you can follow us there, and uh, also our website, Running Bear Films. My- King and is at underscore Kingopolis. So we've got some fun videos. All right. Cool. Thanks so Thank much. How can you, Joel? Yeah, no, this is great. Thanks so much for doing it. There you go. There is my interview. Uh, definitely check out Fishbowl. Uh, if you check the show notes, you can find all the links uh, to watch it. It will be available on demand at the end of the month. Uh, so definitely check it out. Check out the rest of their work. And uh, if you enjoyed this interview and you want more interviews, uh, go to HoboTrashCan.com. Uh, I actually, in the past, have interviewed Delaney Williams, who is in this movie, who played Jay Landsman in The Wire, as well as a lot of other cast members from The Wire. So if that is your jam, uh, check it out. There's interviews with Michael K. Williams. There's interviews with Lance Reddick, Robert Wisdom. Uh, so je- definitely go check those out. Check out their movie. Uh, and thank you so much for listening and remember question everything.
is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. But sometimes they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy, do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.